Welcome to the Gigless Podcast, a podcast showcasing the works and talents of those who lost their gigs through the COVID-19 pandemic. This podcast will feature a range of creatives from the Tri-State area who are young visionaries and who contribute to the craft despite the recent events that have happened. Join us today as our host, Remy Leibovic, speaks with Joanna, a singer, dancer, and model from New York City. Born in Paris, Joanna moved to New York to attend the prestigious Alvin Alley American Dance Theater, as well as start as a career as a dance choreographer and a product ambassador for Dance in Motion. You can learn more about her and the other projects in the show notes of this episode. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Gigless, the podcast that was created to document how COVID-19 is affecting all our tri-state area creatives. Today, I am joined by my great guest, Joanna. Hi. So, Joanna, can you tell us your full name, where you're from, and where you reside? My name is Joanna Perrin. I'm from Paris. And I am currently doing my quarantine in Miami, Florida. Right. So you are primarily based in New York, correct? Yes. Right. So you are a dancer and you are a professional ballerina, correct? Yes, I'm a professional dancer. Right. So when did you get into dance and what made you want to go to New York City? Uh, I started dancing, I was four years old, but I started like really getting into it and thinking about making it my job when I was about 14 years old. I decided I wanted to move uh, to the States when I was 16, and I actually moved to New York at 18. Um, I just always wanted to travel, and like New York is kind of heaven for dancers, because there's so many opportunities, so many possibilities out here that... It was definitely something I wanted to do before settling down or having anything holding me back. Right. So you're originally from Paris, right? Yes. So what is the difference between Paris dance and ballet versus New York dance and ballet? Um, well, the French ballet school or dance school in general is pretty traditional. They really stick with what they know and uh, their values they had for centuries because France basically build uh, ballet technique. So it's pretty hard to have your own voice or being heard or try to experience new things. When New York, because it's such like the United States in general is such a young country compared to Europe. Um, so it's a lot easier to have a new voice here and more creativity and you realize that there's so many more possibilities out here and that there is ways of dancing or thinking about dance that you you didn't even thought about before so that's that's the biggest difference between dancing in Europe and dancing here so what ballet school are you a part of I am currently at the Alvin Ailey uh, dance school at the what which, uh, the Alvin Ailey Dance School okay. that is uh, attached to the Alvin Ailey Dance Company. Right. 
And so how was the admissions process for that? Like, did you fly over here and demonstrate or did you do it and did you like submit a video? How, how was that process? I decided to flew here for a live audition because I thought that it would make me look more professional and more invested and interested in the school. Because for me, it was really important to show to the director of the school that I really wanted to be a part of it. So I decided to flew here. My mom came with me and the audition was uh, an hour and a half audition starting with ballet and then uh, more than dance technique. We were about a hundred dancers in the room knowing that that day they probably auditioned over 400 people. Right. How was that? Uh, it was pretty stressful because uh, I did a lot of ballet, so I knew what I was going for. But the modern dance is something that I've never done before. So I had no idea what I was putting myself into. Um, and seeing all the talented, amazing people that were with me in the room and like people from all over the world, I was really, really impressive. So I... Uh, I was pretty stressed out. I really, I really didn't thought I was going to get into it, honestly. I'm so happy that you did. I am so glad that I did. I was so, I was speechless when I received the answer. So what is your typical gig then? Like what are, is your typical performance? I do um, music video mostly. So um, people hire me to choreograph a dance and music video. Uh, but I also could do like um, performance for events. Like for example, I did uh, the last New York Fashion Week. A friend of mine was having an art show, and he asked me to perform for his show. Right. So is so you do art shows, you do uh, choreography. Is there? Do you do like you know dancing for live shows? Do you do? any theater performances with your school? Uh, we did, um, I did some um, theater performances with my school this year, but it's uh, it's such a different process. Right. That um, this year made me realize that I might not, that might not be what I want right now. That might be something that would be for me in the future. But as of right now, I realized that I'm more into shooting with music video, working with cameras, uh, working with different art at the same time. That's something that I'm more interested in right now. But the, the theater world, it's, it's such a different world. The, those two are completely different jobs. Right. And I know you, through a friend, you're also a model. Yeah, I model. Um, I started um, my first year here, so 2017. Um, I actually started with Jay, um, which was, we, I got asked for a hoodie brand that were looking for models, dancers. So we did that first photo shoot. And then, uh, through this, I met other photographers that asked to work with me. And, you know, every time you work with people, people get interested in what you're doing. So I started modeling like this. And now I'm an ambassador for a dance brand. Uh, and I exclusively do, um, I only do dance photo shoots and dance modeling. So what's the brand that you're the ambassador for? It's called Dance in Motion. It's based uh, in California. 
in LA. Um, so they do dance bags, leotards, tutus, dance shoes. I mean, everything that is necessary to a dancer. So, um, yeah, they send me their products or get the products with a discount and I shoot with them to um, promote the brand. And yeah, that's, that's basically how it works. <laughs> and for context for our listeners, the photographer that she's talking about is this photographer. You can find him on Instagram at Lewis underscore. So shout out to Jay. um so that's so interesting that what your typical gig consists of and so you know I know that you're originally from Paris living in New York City and now you had to fly down to Miami to to work out the quarantine how has COVID-19 affected your dancing um the first thing is that I was supposed to graduate in May. So now that the school is closed, I have to take all of my classes online. So I'm going to graduate, obviously, but it's not going to happen like it should have happened. We are supposed to have a performance and then, you know, a ceremony or something. And right now everything is going to be online. Uh, the second thing is that, like, you have to... Now I can't dance with anyone. I have to only dance by myself, which is a big challenge because usually when you're in the studio, you feed on one another energies and you get inspired by the people you're dancing with and you're sharing the studio with. The teacher is always there to like give you something to work with, material, and he gives you corrections. So it's such a difference to have to work without physical interactions when the whole the whole job, the whole practice is based on it. But it's also like, it makes you twice more creative because you have to build everything from nothing. Right, and it's that bounce back between two creative people in the field. And, go ahead. It's like, right now it makes me feel like a lion in a cage. I feel like I'm running in circle and building things in my mind and that once they're going to set me free, I'm just going to be able to like be myself again. And that's, that's a frustrating feeling as the same time. It's also an amazing feeling to feel like you're building things inside of you and those things are going to be so great for you in the future. You just have to be patient. So what is, what is your daily routine then? I woke up, I take my online classes with my school, then I have to do uh, paperwork for them. And then in general, I'm going to do a one hour workout and um, some stretching because I still need to like keep my body flexible and in shape. Um, And then I'll watch a movie and like go to sleep. But I'm trying to stay as active as I can and keep a regular sleep schedule and waking up every day at the same time, um, cook a lot, because that's something that is so important, is like staying healthy, because it's so easy to get caught up in being lazy. It is. I'm guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so guilty of that. I need to get back onto my health routines. But as a dancer, I know that, you know, it's, especially as doing ballet, what, 
is it like for your body right now? Do you feel different or do you have to be maintaining the same amount of work that you were doing before this? I try to keep like the same amount of work, but work differently. Because I realized that actually since this quarantine has started, my body, my body feels better. My legs are less heavy. I'm less tired, less sore. Because you can't, I can't just work on my strength. I also have to work on releasing my body. And because I'm by myself, I don't have the whole stress of being with a teacher and people around you that look at you and have a constant judgment on yourself. As of right now, the only person that can judge me is me. And it's such a different way of working. And I feel like that physical break was much needed. And it feels great. It honestly feels amazing. So, you know, how else are you coping with this? So you're getting more in tune with what your body needs versus how other people think, like what they think your body needs. Yeah, what are some exactly. other ways that, you know, that you're coping with this as a professional dancer? I'll take more time to warm up. I'll take more time to understand my body and listen to it because I have no limits of time. And I have space just for myself, so I don't have to worry about anyone being around and bothering me in a way. And also, like, I can eat whenever I start hungry. I can eat whatever, like, how much I want to eat because I have time to spend on it. When usually it's always, like, you go to 20 minutes break to eat and you go to eat this and this because you have that class and that class is going to last for an hour and a half, so you only get this hour and a half to do this. When here, it's like if I want to spend 10 more minutes on doing something and 20 more minutes on doing something else, I can't. I have the possibility to do so. And that makes me understand that, like, sometimes you got to get outside of the system to know yourself. Right. And it's really hard to get caught up in people's expectations and what they think is better for you because you don't know what's truly best for you because you don't have the time to think about it. So you're taking a more introspective look at yourself in your daily routines. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a great opportunity to like grow as an artist and as a person and realizing that the system is great, but I also need to know what my body needs and how much time I need for things. So once things are going to go back to normal, I can also be like, okay, that's the system, but that also, there is a different way for me of working for my body that works great. Right. And so how has this changed your ballet? Because it's changed the way that you've treated your body and how you're looking at your physical state. How has this changed your dance? Um, for ballet, I feel like I am, might not be progressing faster, but dancing smarter. I am less in pain, less stressed out. My articulation hurt less. My body is less sore because I can do the movement on my own time and work however I feel like my body needs to work at that time. When usually when you're in the studio, you got to follow what the teacher tells you to do and you got to go at the same speed, which is it's it's great because you got to like 
every dancer has to be on the same page. But at the same time, if you really want to progress, at some point you need to listen to your body. And it changed my dancing because I this whole thing just made me more creative because I need to find new ways of keeping my body and my mind awake and creative and inspired. So this this whole thing is changing the way I'm approaching my movement, the way I'm approaching my body. And I think that that's a great thing. No, I think it's excellent too. I think everything that you're saying has just been so wonderful and that you're approaching this whole situation in a very, you know, positive manner and that it's a way it's a way to ease into change and transform some things that you just didn't have the time to in your previous schedule. So yeah. what is a way that you are, you know, keeping inspired? Like how has this made you more creative? Well, I have a pretty small space here and there is not a lot of lights. So, you know, usually, like, especially at 80, the studios are so big and so bright that you get, I mean, I'm, like, for example, I'm really tall. So teacher always tell me, like, take the space, move bigger, use your length, your arms, your, like, you're 5'8", just, like, show off. And right now I'm in such a small space that it makes me feel even taller. And at some point I was just like, what if... What if I acted like I'm six foot tall? And this whole thing just changed, like it completely shifted my state of mind. I was like, okay, that's a pretty small space, but you can do so much in it. I was like, that's not because there's a couch that you should stop stretching your leg. Just stretch your legs and hit the couch. What, like, what is gonna happen? Nothing. And now I'm like thinking the space as like obstacles or actually what's gonna help me being inspired and moving a different way. Right. What if instead of rejecting the wall and being scared of approaching it, what if I used it to help me dance? What if instead of like trying to get in the light, what if I played with my shadow? It's There's so many different things that come up when the space is something you're not used to. Right. And I think that that's such a creative way that you're approaching dance because I know that so many people like take for like took for granted the studio space that they don't have any access to anymore. So you're working with limited resources, but you're making the bre the best out of those limited resources. I mean, that's the thing is like we all, everyone, me included, took for granted the studio and the theater because it's our home, because it's something that we see every day, because it's our workspace. And the mistakes I don't want to do is going back to it and take it for granted again. So I need to learn how to make the best out of every situation that I'm in. And I think that learning that in a space that is new to me, because I, obviously I don't live in Miami on a daily basis. I don't, like this is a new apartment for me. This is a new space. And I'm like, how can I still be me and do new things and still be inspired in an environment that is so new. Right. So And I feel that that's the way of not taking for granted what I I'm used to having. I think that's an excellent explanation of your situation and I just want to bring it back for a minute so you know you are originally from France 
And Mm -hmm. the way that the rest of the world looked at this pandemic versus the United States, there's a big difference in that. As someone who is from another country living in the United States, Europe really woke up to this pandemic before we did. How was your family responding to it? Like, how were your friends responding to it, knowing that you were here in the States and they were already beginning lockdowns in Europe and in France? So what happened is that um, my parents came to L.A. because I was supposed to join them for spring break. But that's exactly the same week where Europe shut down and where the quarantine started in New York. So what happened is that I told my parents I won't be joining them in L.A. And my parents just flew back to Paris and went back home. So the first the first reaction I had was, do I stay or do I go? And I thought about it. I was like, as much as I don't know how long this is going to be, that I know I'm going to have to stay alone, that I know it's going to be really hard for my family to accept that they're not going to be able to see me. I have to think of a bigger picture. I can't just think of the next three months. I need to think of the next year. And what I want in the next year is being in New York. So I told my parents, I was like, I have to stay here. I have to be in this country for this quarantine because I don't want to be stuck in France because that's not where I want to build my life. And my parents were very understanding of it, even if it's really hard for them to like, know that I'm by myself here. But at the same time, it's also for me a great way to realize that what is like what it what it takes to be an adult. What it takes to take full responsibility for your choices and being committed to them. And this is this whole thing is making me realize that I'm a lot stronger as a person than what I thought I was and that I am capable of being independent and taking care of myself besides what my family could like if they could support me or be there with me and I think that's a great life experience and I'm really glad to go through this at such a young age because I'm going to grow so much out of it at the same time I see that like Europe is dealing a lot better with the situation that the states are for whatever reason and I think that France is going to be okay that's why I'm not worried for my family at all because I know they're going to be okay so I just like I just hope that um, it's gonna get better soon, and that we're kind of gonna be able to go back to a, a more normal lifestyle. But at the same time, I feel like everyone needed this to happen to realize that there is things that we took for granted, and that we were acting a wrong way, and that there might be things that we need to correct if we want to avoid the situation again. Right. And before the interview, you were talking about how people took the arts for granted. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that? Um, It's just like I had a pretty um, fun conversation with a friend of mine that was like, so he, we used to be to go to high school together and he used to always tell me, dance is not a big deal, art is not a big deal, it doesn't matter. And then we were talking on the phone and he was like, I literally just spend my days on Netflix watching documentaries and listening to music. And I was like, that's pretty fun coming from someone that thought that art were useless. Because if you think about it, all those music apps, um, 
stream, mu- uh, videos, YouTube, all of this is art. It's built by performing artists and entertainment and all those people that work in an art world. So people think that it's useless when actually art is such a big part of our lives. People are complaining not being able to go to the movie theater. That's art. People are complaining not being able to go on Broadway, watch a show. That's art. People are complaining not being able to go to a museum. All of this only exists because artists exist and performers. And people keep saying that art is useless, but I'm like, at the end of it, once you don't have your job and you have nothing left to do, you're going back to art because that's the first thing that is going to make you feel better because it's going to actually make you feel something. And same, people are going back to singing, going back to modeling, going back to drawing, going back to cooking, because all those things are art, and the whole point is to entertain you and make you feel something. So I really think that people should realize that art is actually such a big thing and such a big deal, and that artists should never be underrated or thinking that we're useless because we are what makes your life a lot easier yeah we're the things that beautify life yeah we're definitely the things to beautify life and make things more interesting i mean so you know are you taking to the internet are you doing live streams how are you using you know your resources during this time to like spread art and uh you know show people performance more um my first thing was um going back to live streaming or posting more dance videos because um i think that it's really important to show people that it's not this that is stopping artists from doing their job and people are spending so much time on social media right now because that's one of the only thing you can't do and they still need to see something on their feed. They still need to see art. And I really think that me keeping like doing this is actually entertaining some people. Right. And I, I went back to singing, starting like posting videos of me singing and, and stuff like that. And I mean, I think that like keeping people entertained and showing them that I am still doing my thing, whether or not this pandemic is happening, is what I am supposed to do as a performing artist. I shouldn't be stopping entertaining or doing art just because I can't go outside or I don't have access to the studios. Because if you're truly creative, you're truly an artist, you should be able to do some art out of anything. Yeah. I'm actually using rocks in my backyard and I'm painting them to because I'm starting a garden. I have a backyard, so I'm starting a garden and I wanted to put in all this decorations and stuff to make them look nice. But then I just thought, I was like, hey, instead of spending all this money on decorations, let me just go and paint on rocks like mandalas. And then they look so much nicer and it's just so much better because it like came from me you know, to be put in the garden. So yeah, it's definitely working with what you have during with the creative skills that you have. Exactly. It's it's just you gotta, you gotta make the most out of it. Honestly, there's nothing else to do. 
And like, especially for dancers and performing artists, we have no excuse. Right. We are artists. We are supposed to be creative and inspired. And if you're not capable of being inspired by what's going on, but what you're feeling, then there's something wrong. Because we are feeling, right now, everyone is feeling frustration, sadness, happiness. They're relaxing. They're maybe stressed about different things. There is so many things you can get inspired by that there is no reason for us to stop doing what we're do, like, whatever we're meant to do. So what's something that's inspiring you right now? Like, is there any, like, you know, famous dancer, any, you know, painter? Is there anybody creative that's inspiring you right now? Um, as of right now, I have a couple of friends that uh, are really getting me inspired because I love the way they are dealing with the situation. Um, a lot of my friends from school... Because it's so, it's such a different feeling to see them outside of what we do at school, and I'm realizing that there's a lot of them, things about them as artists that I, I didn't know, and and really, I'm really pleased to see how everyone is dealing with this, because everyone is being so creative. It's it's just amazing. Um, but if I had to give one person in particular that um, getting inspired. He's actually okay. He's actually not a dancer at all, That's but fine. he's uh, a chef for a restaurant called Baby Brasa. His name is uh, Franco Norvega. Uh, he's Peruvian, but uh, he's um, a fitness model, a singer, and a chef for this restaurant. And he does all those like videos of like healthy meal you can do at home easily, and how to work out from home and like not stopping your workout because of what is going on, that you can still keep like taking care of your body and like access your body goals and like how this pandemic is not stopping him from doing his thing. And I just love that like he is being so open about how he's dealing with things. Yeah, there's definitely more of an acceptance, I feel now, with vul- with being vulnerable because everybody is feeling a certain way, you know? Um, yeah. There are some times that people are just like, hey, I can't do an interview or something came up and I just, you know, I let it go. F- I let it fly because it's like I I know that everybody's in a compromising position right now. And, you know, what else, you know, what else can you do other than just be compassionate and understanding, especially in this time? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, everyone is dealing with the situation a different way, but everyone should also, I feel like it's a great opportunity to just reconnect with one another, open your mind to different people, because usually you don't open up to people because you don't have time. And right now, except time, like, we have plenty of time to just, like, call your family, call friends you haven't talked to in a long time, and ask them what they did, what they want to do, once this is over, have a simple conversation with people, just reconnect. Or even if you don't want to talk to anyone, reconnect with yourself, ask yourself, what do I feel today, and what am I going to do about it? Right. Like, so this, this is no, absolutely no reason to just close off to everyone right and so where do you see yourself after this like where do you see yourself in the near future 
Um, I'm definitely planning on going back to New York pretty soon because I have some uh, visa thing that I need to deal with. But um, as, as once this is going to be kind of over, people are going to start hiring again. I'm going to start auditioning. Um, I know I have a couple of like video shoot um, set up that we need to talk about because like it's, it's just a matter of time. Honestly, it's just a matter of when is it going to happen because we don't know when this quarantine is exactly going to be over. But I, I know I have uh, some projects on hold. Uh, modeling is also like definitely something I'm going to get back to this summer. Uh, so yeah, I have a couple of like things and I'm just waiting uh, for this to be over to go back to them. And I think that once you go back to them, I think that because your routine sounds so strong and what you're doing is so good, I think that you'll be like excellent at that. That's that's the thing is like so many people are getting lazy and watching Netflix all day and not doing anything productive that once you're going back to real life, it's going to be really hard to have a schedule and a routine and go back to your life because we are getting used to not doing anything and just waiting all day. And that's why I really wanted to like keep a routine, even if it's a different one, because you got to adapt keep having a schedule and things to do and staying busy and not sleeping all day because I want to be able to go back to a natural life without getting frustrated or without any difficulty. And that's what's going to make the difference between people that are going to find a job right away and people that are going to struggle. Yes. And you're referring to the dance field because you need to, your body is essentially your portfolio. If you and especially ballet, because ballet is so intense for the muscles that if you don't keep up that certain type of routine, it can all fall apart. So for our listeners that have never, you know, known much about ballet or don't have any background in ballet, what she is referring to is that she needs to keep up these routines. She needs to live this kind of lifestyle still, even while we're in quarantine, because if she doesn't and she goes back, she can actually become injured like she can actually injure herself if she goes and doesn't you know keep up her body right now because that's another big thing is a lot of people get injured in ballet yes yeah and in dance I mean, a lot of, when you, that's the thing that goes with sports when you put your body on the line there's chance of getting injured that's why you got to be super smart with how you work with your body and how you who you allow to work with you because everyone has a different way of working so there is some people that might be amazing, but the way they're working might not be right for you. So that's also a great thing with this pandemic is that you can take a step back and analyze how you've been working so far and try to make to make, to make the right adaptation to what's coming next. Like I'm realizing now there is people of things that I, of way that I had to work that might have work at the time but are not working for me anymore and that i need to change those things in order to be more professionals work more efficiency and like be better and i have like yeah my body is my portfolio i have to keep my body on like on the line i have to be in shape because that's how i've been my whole life and that's how that's what is going to get me money right so if you're an athlete, a dancer, 
ballet, hip hop, what it doesn't matter type of dance because I, as long as you're a dancer, you should be in shape or some kind of like stamina or muscle or something. Right. So it's, you have to keep your body on the line. Absolutely. And so, you know, we're closing in on our time here. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with us? Um, keep being productive. Do not get into the, do not get caught up in the, I am alone. I'm lonely. I have nothing to do. I don't know what to do with myself. You can find so many ways of entertaining yourself. Just like even just go on YouTube and tap the most random thing you're thinking about, like how to make a cupcake with unicorns on it, like stupid things, but keep your brain active, keep your thoughts alive, stay inspired and like talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to yourself if you have to, but you've got to keep your, your brain alive and your body alive because otherwise we're never going to get out of it and we're going to keep doing the same mistakes. Right. I think that that's great advice and especially from someone who's so active in the professional world of dance. I think that, you know, uh, everybody could learn something new or everybody could, you know, just keep them. I definitely am a big mental health advocate when it comes to, you know, challenge yourself every day in some way, some shape or form, like just the little things like, okay, if you wanted to, you know, if you're not feeling that great, but you know that you want to get things done. Like, I don't know, do laundry that day or do like, or rearrange stuff or like, there's so much that, you know, regular life just didn't give you the time to do. Well, now you have the time to do it. I just feel like nobody should get off this quarantine, this pandemic being the same person that they were when it started. We should all in some way have changed or learn from it growth like this is an, an amazing opportunity to finally have times for things that we usually don't have times for and we should make the most out of it because that's what being smart is we should be so smart about this like people that just sit around all day and watch netflix for a month straight this for me that's unacceptable you should do some some type of things like, how, how are you supposed to be able to go back to your life if you don't know what life is anymore? That's true. I feel that, I think that, especially as creative people, we need to be able to, when things reopen, we need to know how to recreate the world or bring okay. back to our communities, like, new skills that we learned or help our communities be more you know, full of gigs, full of shows, and really support each other in those. I just feel like, you know, like, it's like, it's like a poker game. You know what you have in your hands. And once you're going to put everything on the table, you should be able to win. You should be able to get all the money that is on the table. I like that. <laughs> and I think that we will. I think that as soon as everything opens again and people are allowed to gather, I think a lot of creatives are just the get like people are going to sell out. Like I really think that shows and and performances sure. and galleries are just going to sell out and be packed. That's that's for sure, but that's great because that means that people are interested 
and what we have to say, what artists have to say. Yeah. And they want to see. And I think that shows should be twice better than what they were. I mean, most of them were already great, but like with the whole frustration of not being able to perform and everything that you learned about yourself at that time, seeing your friends again, being on stage again, being home and having people coming and want to see you perform, knowing that that's the first thing they're going to do once they get out of their home, those performances should be insane. Yeah, like everybody give it their all. Like, as you said earlier, everyone's been caged up for too long, and it's just as soon as they get released, they're going to go, like, they're going to give it their best. Exactly. Yeah, so... And and people are going to fight for those jobs. I am sure that those auditions are going to be a war zone. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, because you want the opportunity to shine, and you want the opportunity to start, you know, performing again. But yeah. I wanted to say, okay. like, thank you so there's much. Like, oh, go ahead. Uh, there's also, like, so people know, um, we are the social media generation. So if you're an artist or a dancer or a singer or something, keep your social media alive because there is things that you don't know, but people are looking through your social media. 50% of the audition process is your social media. People are looking through it and they want to know that you did something during this quarantine. They're going to want to know that you keep being an artist and you're doing what you're meant to do, What even with this time. It's, it's stupid, but we are social media generation. We are internet generation. So we got to use it at our advantage. Yeah, there's definitely going to be people checking up on you. And that's another reason why, you know, I'm hosting Gigless because there are going to be people that critique and be like, oh, what did you do during this time period? Well, my my guests can say I was on a podcast. So I think that that's an excellent use of time. And I think that what you're doing is great. And I thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thanks so much for inviting me to be in it. Well, where can our listeners find you? on social media or um, anywhere else? My, my Instagram, uh, I mean, my name on social media in general is jojo16, J-O-J-H-O-16 in number. Um, I have Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Facebook. I do not have Twitter. I am completely against that one. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you can find me on social media pretty easily. Okay, we're going to put the links in the show notes so everybody can find you as well as the school that you dance for and the performances that you've done. So thank you again so much, Joanna, for being on this episode of Gigless. Thanks for having me. Okay, Dane, take us out. Thank you for listening to the Gigless Podcast, hosted by Remy Leibovic and produced by Dane Wagner. The song used in our intro and outro is Beach Walk by Unicorn Heads. If you enjoyed this podcast, head over to our social media pages on Instagram at Gigless Podcast and our website, gigglesspodcastblog.wordpress.com. There you can find out more about the artist, contact the host and producer, and find out more about our schedule. Thank you.